Hey, this is distinctive. I'm on a prop plane, and this is maybe the worst flight I've ever been on. The plane, like it bucks and yaws, and I'm near the tail, and that's where like it swings the most. Oh, this wild back and forth. Just a second ago, across the aisle in front of me, a woman threw up all over the place, and it smells really bad. I mean, oh my god, no one can come clean it up because even this, the flight attendants can't walk in here. I snapped a picture, but it might be a bit blurry. Okay, so we landed. Half the passengers kissed the ground when we deplaned. All right, I've got a layover here for the night, so I'm gonna go get a hotel. Okay, I'm in my hotel. I got a layover. You might be wondering why I'm recording like this. So I was in Ulaanbaatar yesterday and I saw a blonde guy and uh, he was with another guy, and they looked like feds. Being on the run like this is very nerve-wracking. So I know that Fishburne had realized I was in Mongolia, so I just decided I had to leave. I'm going to record these, then upload them to this uh, Google Drive account that I compromised. Shout out some French lady named Marcy. At some point, uh, I'll get them to my partner, Lolita, and she'll stitch them together, publish them out. <sighs> well, it's morning now. Good morning. So I woke up thinking about Exclusive War. And you know, she might be where I'm going. It makes sense. It's the last place anyone would think to look. And if I thought of it, she probably did. It makes me think of the first time she contacted me. She was actually reaching out to blackmail me. I was at lunch, at work. And at that job, my work was really locked down, right? It was uh, so locked down that I, I technically wasn't allowed to even use my phone. But I was one of the bosses, so when I was wired in while coding, no one said anything. Everyone else had to drop their phone in a Faraday bag at security. If they wanted to listen to music, security has had a, like a box full of these MP3 players. It started while I was at lunch in the cafeteria. Music from my lunch-thursday playlist blaring in my earbuds. Eating a sandwich, catching up on the latest from Slash.org and Reddit. I suddenly hear a voice say, Distinctive. Listen to me. I jumped. What on earth? I glanced around. No one around me looked like they'd said anything to me. But a couple people glanced at me. The thing was, the voice called me Distinctive. No one at work called me Distinctive. Where did the voice come from? My earbuds? Was I going crazy? After a moment, the voice said, Are you there? The voice was distorted and deep, disguised like those crime shows trying to hide someone's identity. And it was coming through my earbuds. So it dawned on me. 
I must have accidentally called someone. So I replied, yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to call you. More people glanced at me now. Was I on a verboten mobile phone at work? And was I talking to someone or just talking to myself? Now, let me just say this. At this job, you did not want to be the crazy guy talking to himself. The work was too dicey. You can't be the crazy guy. The crazy guy, the guy who cracked under the pressure, that guy always had two hours max. Then they gave him a cardboard box full of his personal effects, a severance check, and a security escort down to the street. But who had I accidentally called? After a moment, the voice in the earbud said, Distinctive, you did not call anyone. I hacked your phone. Listen to me. I need your help. I yanked the earbuds out of my ears. I was hacked? No, this could not be happening. Being hacked was worse than being the crazy This guy. is why they don't permit phones at work. Just being hacked with an illicit phone could mean jail time. It's like having top secret documents on your personal laptop. So this was at the Department of Energy. I worked with Atomic Lace, a black organization so secret that at the time, Congress had no idea it existed. Even now, it's not general knowledge. Not only that, I had admin access to the entire network. I was two steps away from the nuclear codes. Being hacked would not fly. Even if I didn't get jail time, if anyone there found out I had a hacked phone inside the office, I would lose my security clearance. Without security clearance, I'd lose my job. So all that goes through my brain in a heartbeat. Then the voice said, Should I call you distinctive or use your real name, Sean Harley? Not only was my phone hacked, but this voice knew my real life identity and my hacker handle. I was so busted. And the timbre of the voice had changed. I looked at my phone. My earbuds were still plugged in, but the voice now came through the phone's speaker. Jerome and Naheem from security were eating at the next table. They looked at me. Naheem said, uh, Everything okay there, Mr. Harley? I was like, uh, Everything's under control. Situation normal. How are you? Uh, note to self. Shut up. I turned away from Naheem and knew there was one way to solve this. I grabbed up my phone and held down a combination of buttons to do a hard reboot. The voice said, That won't work, Sean. I disabled all the buttons. Oh my God. I had to leave. I got up. I walked across the cafeteria. The voice said again, louder, Do you want me to call you Sean or should I call you distinctive? Every head nearby turned. Jerome stood. I squeezed the phone in my armpit, trying to muffle the speaker. I was dizzy. The voice had done it again. It had said both my real name and my hacker handle. Now, given my own legal problems, all this is public knowledge now. But... At this point, not even my best friends knew both my real name, Sean Harley, and my online hacker handle, Distinctive. I felt the phone vibrating madly. At this point, being fired looked like the least worrying outcome. Apparently, this hacker could trigger anything on At the phone. At this point, I started worrying about prison. A klaxon alarm started blurring loudly. At this point, I panicked. The whole cafeteria was looking at me. I hurried away at a brisk walk. I ripped the back off the phone, pulled out the battery, the SIM card, the SD card, went into the men's room, bashed the phone against 
the sink until it was mangled. Then I dropped it into a toilet and flushed. Twice. Then I walked along the hallway back to my office. I dropped the battery into the break room trash bin. I walked right up to Avanta. Avanta always smelled like cigarette smoke after she took a break. I asked her, Avanta, can I borrow your lighter for a moment? She eyed me warily, but I didn't move. I just stood there for an uncomfortable moment. Without looking away, Avanta grabbed her purse. I grabbed a sticky note from her desk. She dug out her lighter. I rolled the SIM and SD cards in the paper. She handed me the lighter. I took the lighter and lit the paper on fire. And a voice behind me said, Sir, what are you doing? It was Nahim. I suddenly realized both Jerome and Nahim were right behind me. Nahim said, you're going to set off the sprinklers. I knew the SIM and SD cards were already melted enough to be unusable, so I blew out the paper and waved my hands to clear the smoke. I dropped it all in Avanta's trash. I said, sorry, Nahim, just messing around. My bad. Things couldn't get any better by me standing there talking, so I tossed Avanta her lighter and strode away to my office. Okay, I am waiting in the airport again. Everyone around me looks really worried. And uh, just a second ago, a Swedish lady came up to me and said, a good yelper asala. I'm not really sure what that means, but I think I know what that means, if you know what I mean. Of course, they're all waiting to board a plane bound for the same place I'm going, so it makes sense they're anxious. Okay, I am on the ground here in Shangzhou looking for a driver. I was really nervous flying out of Seoul, all that U.S. military there. I'm really happy to be here, but man, it is eerie. I'm walking through the airport and nearly everyone is wearing a mask like mine. I love the masks, don't get me wrong. They're a big reason why I came here, but spooky AF. Alright, found a driver uh, in a car. And it's pretty weird here uh, in Zhengzhou. It's a, a huge city, like I, I was told the size of New York City. There's like several cities in China this big. And this one is dead. There's nobody out. It's really weird. Anyway, we're on the prowl. Last night at the hotel in Seoul, I found a supply of Coletra on the black market. It's an HIV drug. Found it on Empire Market. And uh, we're out to pick some up. Apparently, HIV patients are selling their surplus, as it's been rumored to prevent the coronavirus. Okay, I'm back at the hotel now. I got the Caletra, Caletra, Caletra. I don't know, but I took my first dose. Hopefully, it works. I'm gonna get some sleep now. I have to be up by, uh... Oh. 
Oh, wow, this is, this is cool. Hey, hold on. I've been waiting for this call. Hey, Lita. Dude, you were right. You were so right. Talk to me. In a minute. First, if you're still in Mongolia, you need to move. Yeah, I'm not, so, but thanks. Good. Okay, second, are you listening to these recordings after we publish them? Yeah, I've listened to the first couple. Okay, stop it. That's how they hmm? tracked you. What? Oh, I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. Do you think they have access to our account? Oh, for sure. Look, we only had like eight downloads the first couple of recordings. It's easy to narrow down who's listening. Easy to trace. All right, yeah, we should change the password on that, but good point. So I was using Tor, but man, I'm getting pretty suspicious about that. I'm just going to be like, I'll just like tunnel through some servers and, you know, Pyongyang and Tehran in the future. I'll be careful. Okay. Yeah. So you were one of the downloads. I was another. We had another download in, let's see, California, one in Texas, two in the London mm -hmm. area. So that's six. What about the last couple? One in Kiev. The other one in Arlington, Virginia. Arlington. I bet I know who that one is. Yep. Fishburn. Okay, just be careful. If we're going to do this, you have to stay free. All right, gotcha. All right, but you said someone contacted you, right? I'm dying to hear this. Right. So I don't really do social media, but I have this old Instagram account, and this woman found me, DM'd me. I did a little research. I think she's the one who downloaded from Texas. She got wind of what we're doing from here. Te wait, Texas? Why? You'll see. So right. she got wind of what we're doing, and, and God, here's what she wrote me. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. Here it is. Yeah. Fuck you and that bitch exclusive war. That bitch killed my best friend, and you assholes are trumping her up like she's some sort of hero. She's not a fucking hero. She's a killer. She Damn. killed Claire. I hope you all burn in hell. Damn. Ah, uh, no, right? Oh, Holy you sure cow. this exclusive war friend of yours isn't really who they say she is? Yeah, I'm sure. I just, look, I know all about this Claire stuff. It's complete BS. All right? I can explain all that. Mm. No way Exclusive War killed her. Well, she didn't kill her on purpose, at least. I can say that. So what else you got? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to tell me about what happened to Claire. All right. So back, it was like four years. This is like, this gets into it. And I don't really, look, I can't, I can't explain it right now. But, but I will dig up the old stuff I've got from those days. I have it all stashed some server somewhere. I keep all this stuff. And back then we downloaded all of the, you know, police reports, interrogation videos, you know, witness accounts, all that stuff, right? I got it all somewhere and I'll go through it all. Fine. But I'm going to look into it too. What's Claire's last name? Um, I want to say Bartholomew. Bar Claire Barth Barton. It was Barton. Claire Barton. Dallas. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm going to do some digging too. Talk to you. Wait, Lita. Uh, uh, all right. Okay, 345 local time. Huh. Yesterday I found a willing driver and uh, he wants to leave at 4 a.m. So I'm going to head downstairs. He's driving in some supplies for his family. He also speaks English, which is good. 
his minivan is is packed to the rafters. He did say that once we're there, uh, when we get there, he doesn't think we're going to be able to leave for a long time. So, all right. I'm going to check back in when I get there. Hey, thank you. Thank you. All right, be safe. Thank you. Love to your family. Okay, I just got dropped off. This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I am in Wuhan, China. I know, I know. But, you know, this is the perfect place to hide. No one will come looking for me at the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. Even if they know I'm here. So, at least it buys some time to figure out what my next move is. Gonna go find a place to stay.